This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find all the best shows under the rainbow at pride48.com. This is Relationship, a podcast presenting a gay look at traditional relationships and values. With your hosts, the Cretellis. I'm Marco. And I'm Tony. Happy October. Happy Woo Woo Wednesday. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, it's October, which is crazy, which means that our life is about to get insane. I was like, there's no other word to say. It. Gonna go nuts. Yeah. Chaos. How you doing? How you feeling? What's going on? I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready for this month. There's a lot that's going to happen this month. Yeah, it's a ton. There's it's going to be a trip and a, and a trip to a wedding and then a trip out of the country and my brother's birthday and our wedding anniversary. It's going to be a lot this month. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I kind of forgot. Can I tell you a secret? Like, Not if you say it into the mic. <laughs> Well, I kind of forgot that our wedding anniversary was this month. I think I got so sidetracked by all of the other chaos that's going on this month that I completely, like, I just didn't even think about... This is a new unromantic low for you. Well, I just (laughs) didn't think about it. It just, like, it just wasn't one of those things that I just, I I thought about. It's just insane to me, so... That's just crazy. Um, I I did not even think about our wedding anniversary and all of that. Mm-hmm. So craziness, huh? Don't you think? I think it's weird. I there's words for it. I look again. We have so much going on, and I think that I'm just so. Um, uh, I don't know. I just Such think a bad that I've husband. been no. I just been <laughs> thinking about like I've just been thinking about the trip and the wedding and our trip and you know like just all of the chaos like the fact that like yeah we're we're celebrating our anniversary too just Mm -hmm. like did not cross my mind Mm -hmm. it's just insane so um cool there you have it right therapy wow thank you for yawning into the microphone everyone really appreciated you're welcome um anyways um yeah so that's what it is but it'll be it's gonna be a good month i can't wait I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have to pace ourselves, but I think we'll succeed. Yeah. I stay hydrated. <laughs> Keep stretching. Yeah. Yeah. That's all we can do. That, that's like the only <laughs> thing that can happen at this point. Um, yeah. So it's going to be a good time. I'm excited. And I'm excited for this week's show as well. I'm excited about that too. That's well, why I'm here. What say you we hop into our hashtag gay relationship goals for the week? Hippity hop away, my friend. As a reminder, every week, Tony and I will pick a wonderful queer couple and highlight them as our hashtag gay relationship goals our hope is to bring these relationships to the forefront and give a sense of positivity and perspective to the gay relationship narrative if you and your partner are interested in becoming our hashtag gay relationship goals or if there is a queer couple that you admire and would like to bring to our attention please reach out to us tag us on some of your adorable couples photos on instagram facebook or twitter our handle is at pod relationship. Tony and I will take a look at these photos and posts and could potentially highlight you and your partner on an episode of the podcast. Ooh. Yeah, fancy. Um, this week, we are highlighting a couple that um, I kind of stumbled upon as well um, that I really like them. They're another engaged couple. 
um, which I'm a huge fan of. I just love that gay people are just taking the dive into Mm -hmm. marriage. I just am such a fan of it. And um, I love it. You know, uh, in their bio, it says, you know, engaged couple, a grinder success story, Mm -hmm. which is another thing that I'm just super fascinated with. (laughs) Um, I love that they said that they're they're monogamous, not because they're monogamous, because, again, I don't care what a person's relationship styles or anything of that nature feels like. But I love that they found it important to make it bring it to the forefront. Yeah. Yeah. To make it a a point. And they're dog lovers and gay cationers, which I thought was amazing, too. And we are talking about the lovely relationship of John and Scott. They are at John, J-O-N, and Scott on Instagram. And you guys, I'm a huge, huge fan of these guys. I love them. Um, the corny dad jokes abound, which you know I'm always a huge fan of. And I'm going to tell you my favorite one right now. Okay, tell me, I, please. I, I had a little a little foreshadowing when I called them corny. Um, there's one of them in the cornfield. Mm-hmm. And it says, some people call us corny, but we don't give a shuck. Ha! Because you shuck corn. Love it. Wow, that was one. It's gold. That was definitely it's one. It's absolute gold. Yeah, it, it was a good one. It's um, gold. And then uh, they talk about bench pressing, but it's them sitting on a bench. <laughs> there you go. I, I love, love it. A good cheesy, good. Good cheesy joke really is always good, good right? Yeah. Um, one of my favorite posts is one from February 18th, and the guys are in LA, and they're taking a picture over a rainbow, mm. and it, I'm saying they're underneath the rainbow. The rainbow is above them, and it says, thanks for always adding color to my world and for always brightening my day. The leprechaun can keep his gold at the end of this rainbow. All I need is you. Cute. And I swooned. That's cute. I just thought it was adorable. This is another one of those couples that, again, um, I really enjoyed them, not because there was a lot of flash or um, a ton of, like, followers or, like, you know, there's not, like, a lot of fame associated with them. They are just normal everyday people that just so happen to be in love and doing it really 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 well yeah and i'm just a huge fan of it they kind of you know took my heart away there's just all these amazing photos of them kissing and holding hands and loving each other and taking adventures and you know they're in dc and they're in boston and you know they're in new york and they're in la and and they're just enjoying one another and again they they just look like the normal guys, to your point, I think with one of the couples that we had talked about, they they look like the guys that you just randomly see sitting at a bar, having a good time, mm-hmm. laughing with one another. And you're like, um, can, can, can we be a part of all of this like <laughs> happiness right now? Like, how do we like how do we get involved? Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. just really cool. And I just really enjoy them. Yeah, they're super sweet and they're super sweet on each other. And they look like they're just having the time of their lives everywhere they go. So much smiles. Yeah. And just about every single picture. Um, and they're cute. I have yet to figure out where they actually live because all of their pictures are all over the place. Um, but they, yeah, I, I don't know that I know where they live, but I, again, I just think that they're adorable. They were here in New York. They took the same world pride parade picture that we took, um, was, which was hysterical. Oh, that is funny. Yeah. I didn't even see that. They took the exact same That's picture, cute. which was amazing. Um, and they took pictures all over New York. And then like, look at this gorgeous one that has like, 
he has a little duck in his mm, hand. A which little is ducky. So cute. I love it. Says happy birthday, John. I'm so lucky to have you in my life. I love you so much. That's just, I mean, just come on. You got a little duck. Just come on. They're just so cute. And here's the other thing. They're versatile gays, which means a different thing to the gays that are listening. But <laughs> but one of the things that I love is like they are at like a Patriots game and they have like their football yeah. jerseys on yep. and like they're having a good time. Like, you know, I, I just I, I'm a huge fan of them. I think that they are uh, they're just good they're mm-hmm. just so they're so good they're just adorable and I'm, i i know you all will like them just as much as we do i can't i, I can't even put sentences together because i'm just such a fan yeah they're lovely and hilarious i love it so make sure you follow them on instagram they are at john and scott john is spelled j-o-n um, and that's on Instagram. Um, check them out. Double tap all their pics. Let them know the Cretelli sent you because it will be well worth the trip. Um, we're going to take a short break, you guys. And when we come back, we are going to try to solve the world's problems Cretelli style. So I'm probably the last person to talk to you about social media. I don't Snapbook. Uh, that's Facebook and Snapchat. I'm not on the Twitter. It's it's just Twitter. There's no the in front of it. And I barely understand what IG means. Wait, you, you don't know that IG means Instagram? No. <laughs> but I do know one thing. There's a bunch of relationship content on all the social media apps. Uh, yeah, that's right. On Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, we are at Pod Relationship. Yep. Just look for us and follow, retweet, or whatever it is you do to pay attention to us. <laughs> oh my goodness. My husband puts up great content related to the podcast. I sure do. You can help us answer listener situation questions. You can check out past and present hashtag gay relationship goals. And you can get updates on relationship related events and activities. So grab your phone. Open up Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Go to the search bar and type in pod relationship and join in on the discussion. We look forward to interacting with each and every one of you via social media. We'll see you there. Bye. Bye. My husband is an egg. I'm an egg? You are an egg. Why is that? Because you're tough on the outside, but you're soft on the inside. Oh, you think so? Oh, I know so. I'm a hard-boiled egg. You like to pretend that you're a rock, but you're an egg. I don't like to pretend I'm a rock. You I used don't think to. I'm a rock. You used to. I'm a hard-boiled egg, You though. used to try to be... Well, that's still soft. <laughs> <laughs> Viscous, I, but soft. <laughs> I think it's cute that you think that I'm soft. You are soft. I think it's cute that you think that you're tough. <laughs> I don't necessarily think that I'm tough, but I'm definitely not soft. You are soft. You are a big softy. You are my little mushmelon. Mushmelon, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's funny. You are. Well, that's when funny. I met you, you were Mr. Tough Exterior and supposedly Mr. Tough Interior. And you still have the tough exterior, but you've allowed the softer interior to show more and more to more people. That is a damaging lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm being funny. So this week we're talking about not eggs, but the man behind the curtain. <laughs> mm. One of my favorite scenes in The Wizard of Oz is when Dorothy, the lion, the scarecrow, and the tin men, along with Toto, mm-hmm. are uh, in the land of Oz. And they are noticing something 
crazy going on in the background and the wizard's like oh pay no attention to the man behind the curtain and then they pull the curtain back and it's this like weak little frail little old crazy man that is nowhere near as powerful and as mighty as oz (laughs) and uh they're they feel like they've got duped and it's kind of crazy so uh yeah so this week we're talking a little bit about uh exteriors and how you spend so much time in your relationship like learning this person this tough person this person that has it all together that you know is is uh a a person that you fell in love with or could potentially you know be with and then when you actually get to know them a little bit more there's that that mush melon side of them (laughs) that you experience and sometimes they only show it to you which is the best part uh but sometimes they are not doing a very good job of hiding that part in general and they just put on a, a nice bravado to for the audiences a facade or a mask yeah, it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I um, it's funny. I think that you are similar. I think that you put on a tough exterior. You think? Yeah, I think that you try to become this like know-it-all man that like has it all together. And I definitely don't feel that way. Yeah, yeah. I know you don't feel that way, but I think that like people would see you as this guy that's like he has it all together smart he knows everything he's like got it all figured out he uh you know he's the tough one you always tell me that you're the rock in your family and thing and i always tell you like i'm like "Mm, i know you you don't think i'm the rock in my family i just don't think i fall apart in a crisis i and i think that you fall apart behind closed doors absolutely which is a facade because you should be falling apart with everyone else if people are falling apart and having a hard time too you deserve to feel those feels as well Hmm. That is definitely just not how I'm wired. I am like, and I, and I definitely get this from my mother. If there's a crisis, there's an emergency. I will take care of everything. Let me make sure everybody's okay. Okay. The crisis is over. All right. Now I'm going to fall apart. Yeah. That's, that's just how I am. That's just how I am. Yeah. I'm not, I'm that person. It's funny because we're both the, like, we're both the fixers in crises. Christ, 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 Um, we're both the fixers in those scenarios, but mine comes from a place of like, all right, well, this has already happened, so someone has to be responsible here, like, because everyone else has lost their ever loving mind, (laughs) so someone has to be responsible, so I guess I'll take care of it. Um, whereas yours is like, uh, you like to, you're, you're too much of an empath. So like, you're making sure that every not too much that uh, I didn't mean to I say am too like much that, of an empath. but you're an empath. So you're like making sure everyone's taken care of and has anyone talked to you about your feelings right now and, and all that. And, and what do you need? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm so sorry. Um, but who's going to pay this bill? <laughs> Um, the person what are we doing for dinner? Yeah. And, and what's happening? Am I cooking? Like, that's fine. But just so you know, you guys are going to get whatever I cook and I don't want to hear anything about it. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of me. But it's very interesting. So we read a couple of articles that were really interesting. Um, the first one is from lifehack.org. Uh, we love lifehack.org. Yeah, I've become a huge fan as part of this process. Yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, this article, which was written by Young King Chan, who is a self-help author um, he wrote an article that says the 13 things people who are tough on the outside but soft on the inside never told you. 
Um, this article says, you know, it starts with, uh, have you ever met people who are like eggs? They are tough on the outside, but soft on the inside. Initially, they seem rather unapproachable and cold. But as you get to know them, you discover that they have a warm side too. Um, people who are outwardly tough are easily mistaken as rocks. <laughs> they are respected for their strength and confidence. But at the same time, other people feel intimidated by their achievements or feel incompetent around them. Some might even mistake their confidence as arrogance. They are typically not the first people you approach to be friends with. I thought that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Here are 13 things to help you get to know them better so that you can be better friends with them. Um, number one, they don't know how to talk about intimate feelings. I don't, that's not me. I'm very good at talking about intimate feelings. I don't think all these things apply to you per se, but I do think that there was a time when you didn't know how to talk about intimate feelings with anyone. You could do it with like certain very specific people who had a knowledge of you and where you had established safety. So it's not that you are completely incapable of talking about intimate feelings, but you you don't know how and you have to tap into a skill set to get there. It's not even that. It's just that I don't necessarily need to worry everyone with things that are going on with me. Like, I think I'm just way too independent in which I'm like... Well, they get into that. Yeah. I figure which number that is. Yeah, which I just... Like, it's like, it's not necessary to bog you down with what's going on with me. Like, you have your own shit to worry about. You have you, you have your kids or your family, like, whatever, like, is going on that, like, to, like, fill you in on stuff that has to do with me like has it, it's like it's because at the end of the day like I know it's stupid stuff so like it's not necessary to like worry about worry you about what I've got going on internally so that's uh, that's my thing mm. um I don't know number two they are blunt because they care about you so this is this is me yeah and 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 I believe this statement that they're saying things to you because they care about you. Because if they didn't care about you, they just wouldn't be bothered with you. But they're they're blunt for other reasons. <laughs> well, they're blunt because they're blunt. Well, yeah. It says they genuinely want to help you. They are just not someone who is soft in their delivery, mm-hmm. which is totally me. Exactly. They get hurt by unkind words, too. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that help, have, uh, being a thing that happens. I, I Yeah. You and people who are tough or act tough like you, uh, you're still human. And that's something we all forget. Yeah, there are things I, like I'm thinking about work things right now. And, I, you know, th- that affected me. And I was like, and it's not even that I was like sad about it or I was like hurt about it. I was just so annoyed, internally annoyed by it. Or that like somebody would have a perspective of me in a way, shape or form like that I didn't find to be true. It was just really aggravating to me Hmm. but yeah i could see that um they don't listen to your troubles when they know they can't help you (laughs) i found this one to be very interesting yeah i um i am kind of good for being like i don't know what you want me to tell you like (laughs) it's true i think i think this one bears reading into just a little more it says it says they understand that the key to a better life depends on the individual if you don't want to change your life for the better there's nothing they can do about it so they don't waste time listening to you complain about stuff that you don't want to change 100 percent. yeah that's me yeah like because i'm like i just don't like i don't know what you want me to say like you are you have your mind made up already like you're gonna do what you want to do and that's completely fine i respect you and love you despite all of it but (laughs) Like, I'm just not gonna, 
I, like I, I have nothing for you. No. Yeah. No. I get well, it. That's crazy. Um, they have problems too. Right. <laughs> they aren't Superman or Wonder Woman just because they are tough doesn't mean they have no problems at all. They don't complain and whine to others because they know that complaining and whining don't help the situation at all. There you go. See, that's what it is. Yeah. Is it's like it's it's yeah. It's not that I don't have shit going on too. It's not that I'm incapable of you know talking about my intimate feelings it's that at the end of the day like what's the point like i i would prefer to spend my time alone thinking about how to resolve my problems myself Mm -hmm. instead of getting everybody else involved i always say that that like like for example if you and i are having problems it's really rare for me to like bitch about what you and i are going through part of it is because like i don't want people to have a perspective of you that revolves around my opinions of you Mm -hmm. because that's not fair our intimate relationship and my feelings about you and our intimate relationship have nothing to do with how you are as a friend or as a brother or anything of that nature. Mm -hmm. So if I'm pissed off at you because you're not putting dishes away, like that has nothing to do with the kind person that you are or the employee that you could be like, that has nothing to do with it. So why am I going to bitch about Mm -hmm. that? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. It's a good point. Um, number six, they need help from other people too. Tough people are self-sufficient and independent. They can do a lot of things on their own, but they need help from other people too. Sometimes they may not know how to approach others or feel shy about asking for others for help. As a friend, you should offer them help once in a while, even if they are silent about it. That is a good one. Yes. I think the offering help when they're silent is a, is a key thing because there is, there is a, there is a deep feelings piece to it um maybe we're not using the same words but asking for help is a is a you know need and a deep feeling um and yeah i think just offering it up sometimes you know is can be super helpful that has definitely been like a a bone of contention in our relationship because Mm -hmm. i think that my tough exterior leads you to believe that i have it all figured out and then i'm on the other end drowning feeling like i'm drowning and i'm like why is he not asking me for help like why is he not offering to help me like why is he not doing that and you're like i didn't know you needed help like why didn't you say anything and you've only recently revealed that yeah and we've gotten we've gotten we've definitely come a tremendous Mm -hmm. way with that i would tell you that most of that work has happened after you admitted to that sure no 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 100 percent. i agree and which again i'll bring you back to number one and you do a really good job now of being like what can i help you with Mm -hmm. like where can like where where do you need me put me like put me somewhere and i think it's it's really good um yeah it's really good Hmm. so number seven they are afraid to appear weak Hmm. One reason why tough people don't display their emotions publicly is because they are afraid to be seen as weak or as pushovers. You all can't see it, but Marco is smirking. It's, <laughs> it's the smirk that he makes when he's confronted with something he doesn't want to admit is true. No, it's because <laughs> you're over here looking at me like, mm-hmm, bitch, read it louder. Yeah, yeah like read that. it again. And, and I know. Let me, let me push no, pause I'm and play it back for you. You're ridiculous. You're, yeah, um, that's why you're laughing. No, I don't. No, I mean, I, I don't. I don't think that I'm not weak. Like, I don't think that there's an element. I think that strength is definitely a strength of mine. Like, I definitely think I do have that. But I, it's not that I'm afraid. I don't know. Maybe I am afraid to appear weak. I don't believe that I'm afraid to appear weak. But I definitely don't want to be caught with my pants down. as kind of my whole thing. I don't know that you're afraid to appear weak. But I do know that you desperately, not desperately, I do know that it's important to you to appear strong. Sure. Yeah. Sure. 
I see that. Um, number eight, they build walls to protect themselves emotionally. <laughs> now I'm shooting him a look. <laughs> now he's laughing that kind of laugh. So people have their insecurities too. They find it hard to be vulnerable and emotionally close to another person because they might have been hurt by others in the past. So they put on a strong front to protect themselves from getting hurt again. Sure. I think we're both guilty of I that. I won't deny it at all. Mm-hmm. I won't. I, we always say I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop mm-hmm. because I just know that it will mm-hmm. not because i actually know that it will but because my mind always eye, did before yeah <laughs> yeah it's crazy so um they have a hard time opening up themselves again they feel deeply uh but they have a hard time opening up themselves to others they only open up to friends they trust and keep new people they meet at a safe de- distance okay so now that they say that then right. that is totally me yes you do have to read into it a little more yeah it takes time for them to trust other people so be patient with them and allow them to reveal themselves to you slowly and that's what i was saying earlier like there there are conditions under which you will talk about these things but those conditions have to be met yeah and that's not true for everyone yeah i am i uh, one uh, one thing that i will pat myself on my own back for is that i do believe that i am myself through and through like i think that you Mm -hmm. when you meet me like i'm me from beginning to end which is great but I am so skeptical of people. <laughs> I'm like, just because I just don't know. Like, you know, like, I, here's my thing. I always say I'm comfortable with what I've got going on in my life. So like any kind of interjection in any way is always something that I have to like look at with a little bit of a side eye. Um, and so, yeah, it is going to take me some time to like ask you to dinner again like i might hang out with you one time and like be cool but like if we're gonna go out to dinner again it it might take me a little bit of time because i am like still chewing on how i feel about you from the first time we met Mm. which is really interesting um number 10 they don't trust their emotions that much um although they are softies inside they don't really trust their emotions they believe that showing emotions is a sign of weakness they are also afraid that their emotions will guide them wrongly, so they prefer to rely on their logical thinking and mental toughness to make those hard decisions. He's making that smile again. That is hysterical. <laughs> no, because at first I was like, they don't trust their emotions. I was like, no, that's not me at all. But then when you read it, it's like, oh my God, that is totally me. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is totally me. That yeah. is a read right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, they are much harder on themselves than on others. If you think that their expectations of you is high, think of their expectations of themselves. It's so much higher. As bonding with others wasn't their best strength growing up, they focus on achievements and working hard instead. Being tough is how they get to where they are in life. They see the value in it, so they keep challenging themselves to higher standards. Mm, You want to read that last sentence again, Marco? (laughs) (laughs) The last last portion of the last sentence? So they keep challenging themselves to higher standards. That's what I always say about you. You do not know how to stop and smell the flowers. No. You're like, before you even accomplish something, you're on to the next thing. Yeah, 100%. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. I'm not going to deny it. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Number 12, they take their relationships seriously. Mm -hmm. Tough people with a tender heart tend to be selective with their friends and choose their relationships carefully. They have fewer friends, but they are close with their friends. They are supportive and loyal to their friends despite appearing uncaring. (laughs) Do I appear uncaring? Um, That's just funny. I'll have to ask like Erica and Steve. I don't know. It's not that you appear uncaring, but you're definitely, it's that bluntness. Hmm. It's the bluntness. It's the same for me though. 
I, I, I'm the exact same. I have few but very close friends, and they mean the world to me. Now, that doesn't, you know, I'm not texting them every day and, like, sending them notes and calling them all the time and even just hanging out with them, uh, you know, every week. But they're the ones I always want to spend time with. They're the ones I'm the closest with. And when we have that time together, it really means a lot to me. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting indeed. Um, they might appear. Oh, I'm sorry. Number thirteen. They need love and connection like everyone else. Mm-hmm. They might appear uninterested in love and relationships. <laughs> oh my god! Uh-huh. Uh, but deep down inside, they wish to find a loving partner and want to be loved. They can be really shy about dating, and their independence might push potential partners away. As a friend, be there for them and talk to them when they feel alone. I don't know that I've ever felt alone, but. Um, interesting. I think that that is very interesting. The conclusion is be kind with tough people. Next time you meet a tough person, be in their shoes and be friendly towards them. Um, understand that some of them are just protecting their tender hearts with a strong front. And if you are friends with tough people, keep in touch with them. They might be independent, but they need friends too. It's kind of interesting. It's definitely you to a T and there are definitely lots of aspects of it that are me as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, there's a ton of it, and uh, like I'm reading it about myself, but I'm also reading it about you too, mm-hmm. which is very interesting because you are, you know, uh, you don't know how to talk about intimate feelings. Mm-hmm. You're not very good at all. I don't know that I find you to be blunt. As a matter of fact, I've, I I think you could afford to be a lot more blunt. But I am blunt with other people when they ask my opinion, and people know that about me. They know not to ask me what I think about something unless they want it, like just straight up. And I think I think you've seen it a few times. It's my thing is you have to ask me. Uh, you will like volunteer information unsolicited regularly. I and that's where your bluntness shows. I'm super blunt, but only if you ask me directly. You have sure. to ask me because um, I just don't feel like evangelizing. <laughs> like I just you you tell me you want my opinion and I'll give it to you. But how many times have we been sitting around and I've said something and Erica's been like, oh. Why'd you have to say it like that? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. Um, All right. So then we had another article, right? That was on humanunlimited.com. This was an interesting article. I would love for you to tell me your thoughts on this one. So I find this one's called Drop the Facades. Um, It's by what Rocky um, Lewis, uh, who is an author. Um, And one, I love the picture. um, So we should definitely check this article out. Um, You know, this to me is like a super basic um, sort of overview, um, and then it gets into some really good points. But uh, it has it starts and ends with a quote, which I always find to be an interesting choice uh, for any author when they pull in other people as bookends. Um, But, you know, they are good quotes, so I will read them. Uh, The first is from Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, We are what we pretend to be, so we must be careful what we pretend to be. Nice way to start it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just talks about how like we've grown up um, having to wear lots of different uh, masks, right? From extracurricular to peers to parents to, you know, to whatever. Um, and this article talks about that interesting state of being uh, that has become more frequent in conversation, which is being authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do like that term, um, being authentic. And she um, poses three simple um, activities to be more authentic and to drop those masks. The first is we must see our false fronts. So because we've been sort of building these facades our whole lives, 
um, and just making new masks whenever we need them, um, you know, we may not even recognize um, when this is occurring. And she gives some really good advice. She says, look back on your life and notice the inconsistencies and disappointments as those often point to mismatches between our true and projected selves. Why didn't you go to the college of your choice? Why are you still in a less than ideal job? Why do you feel awkward in certain situations? Working toward a deeper understanding um, about your intentions and actions is a great way to do this first step of identifying your false fronts. The um, next one she says is discerning your authenticity. So once you realize, once you recognize these facades, think critically about what's behind them. Um, learn to separate your own point of view from other people's expectations. Um, ask about your values, goals, and ideals, and then consider what's required for following the principles you believe. And we've talked about this before, that really taking time to identify your own values is a very important activity. Absolutely. And, and if you haven't done it yet, I would highly recommend doing it now. Um, Absolutely. There's tons of simple ones online um, that can help you just sort of uh, through the process. And then the final one is we must be willing to be vulnerable. Got to be that egg, Marco. Um, <laughs> uh, there's lots of reasons we hide authenticity. The big ones are fear of rejection and failure. Um, and, uh, you know, it's totally understandable to be afraid, to be vulnerable, uh, to be afraid about being vulnerable and about being authentic because people do judge. But we judge ourselves more than anyone else judges us. Uh, and we're so overly critical of ourselves that it creates this fear um, but what I've always found interesting about humans is I think that we are more afraid about being successful than we are about failing. I think we're more afraid to get what we think we want and deserve um, than we are to just settle for uh, something mundane. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because like for me, like being vulnerable, it's it's I'm not afraid of um, I'm not afraid of people's opinions of situations because I don't really put much stock in that hmm. um and then i i'm not mad at failure because life is full of failure right like and it's a great teacher and it's a great teaching scenario i think that for me vulnerability um is just uh, it's the uh, vulnerability is the absence of you know what it is i don't like not having the answers mm-hmm. and when you're vulnerable you kind of let on that you don't have the answers mm -hmm. and that is really challenging for me yes this is this is going back to the other article it's not that you are afraid of appearing weak it's that you're afraid of not appearing strong yeah mm -hmm. yeah and that's and that's yeah and that's where my problem is so that's like why there are elements uh it's so funny because you and me i learned this a really long time ago but and i and i'm happy about it but there are there are moments in our relationship that i've learned to to just step back and give to you and let you take the lead hmm. because i very well could take the lead in just about everything mm -hmm. and be completely fine with it um and i think you would be fine with it i too. could very well let you yeah, yeah mm -hmm. and you would be fine with it but i also know that uh for who you are and for what you bring to the table that there are times where i need to like step back and let you let you take over and let you do things and it and and it's okay and and i'm okay with that like that does and i'm not bothered by it anymore you used to be i used to be completely mm -hmm. bothered by yeah. it but not anymore yeah can i ask you um from this article do you see your false fronts 
Do you know what they are? I don't, I mean, I would probably have to sit with this for an extended period of time and actually look at it. You should. I don't know. I don't know that I put forth a lot of false fronts. I think that those who know me know it's I remember sitting we were just recently sitting with Steve and Erica a while ago and I was just like oh you know I'm this hard ass and blah 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 and I'm unapproachable and Steve and Erica are like and Steve got really pissed about it he was like I hate when people say that like I hate it when you say that about yourself like you are the most approachable person I've ever met in my entire life did you forget how we met each other like and like both of them read me for Phil then we're like like no like we know you like we know your exterior you may not necessarily be um like super uh warm and approaching to like strangers but that's also because like they're fucking strangers (laughs) (laughs) and so like they probably shouldn't be like all up in your business or claim to know who you are or like be a part of that situation but um but at the end of the day like you're a warm loving caring kind generous like human being and so like i you know won't hear anything of this so i don't know that it put on any false fronts so much as i think that i'm just kind of like you have to go through multiple gates to get to me mm-hmm. like do you see what i'm saying like you gotta like get through the first challenge and <laughs> get a key, unlock that gate, and then go to the next challenge. That's why this relationship worked out so well. My love like, of video it's games. It's like a video game. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's just how it is. I got the me. boss key. So I don't know. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. I don't know that I have a false front. And I know that I don't have a false front with you. I, you know me. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I think I definitely... in our relationship, and, and I, I kind of want to bring it back to a relationship, I think in terms of a relationship, that's the beauty of it is like you see right through me totally you see right through me Mm -hmm. like you you know so even if i do try to boss up just a teeny bit with you you're like bitch try again kind of thing like that like don't come at me like that like that's not okay like and you see and that's what i love about this relationship that's what i love about it with you and me like you can try to be this know-it-all like super put together like person but just as you always tell me sometimes what i have to do is like grab you by the arms and say babe you're being blank 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 right now and it will totally reset you because i see right through you Mm -hmm. i see the fear i see the challenges i see the chaos that's going on in your head and sometimes you just need to be neutralized and like (laughs) brought back to reality and feel better about the situation and then you're good same with me sometimes you'll look at me and be like babe no D- just no and they're like yeah you're right okay <laughs> no that's fine and that's what i love about it and your relationship should feel like this i'll I, who cares about what the outside world thinks of me they can think i'm unapproachable they can think that i'm mean they can say that i'm blunt they could say that i'm harsh or that i have this exterior and i'm emotionless they can say whatever they want but as long as you and i are good and you know me and you can see right through me and you know how to like manage that i think we're good don't you yeah yeah and i think for our listeners that might be something to look for themselves yeah because i think it's a pretty great thing that we i think have. it is magical mm-hmm. i love it i awesome. love you i love you as well on that note we are going to take a short break uh, because i think i'm feeling like deviled eggs right now oh jeez. <laughs> My God. 
<laughs> we'll be back. Please in cut that. <laughs> we'll be back in just a bit. <laughs> Hello, listeners. As you may have heard, Tony and I have a weekly after show on IGTV called Relationship. <laughs> Get it? Relationship? Relationship? <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. Keep going. <laughs> okay. Every week, Marco and I will talk about the podcast topic, the things we learned, and the way to use it in our relationship day to day. Yep. Our goal is to put a face to the topics and our message as well as give you some extra relationship content and guidance. So make sure you're following us on Instagram. We are at Pod Relationship. And tune in every Wednesday. After you've listened to the episode. <laughs> yes, on IGTV for our weekly after show, Relationship. Comment, like it, tell your friends. All support is greatly appreciated. We look forward to having you see us there. <laughs> Bye. All right, so we are back, and I am super excited right now. This just goes to show the power of the internet <laughs> and what's so great about social media and one of the reasons why I'm such a fan. Um, we just earlier this month ended up getting a uh, DM from the this really cool couple that was on Instagram, which is funny enough because we had already been spying on them and potentially looking to make them our hashtag gay relationship goals. And so when the DM came, I was like very, very excited. And then after a couple of DMs, we decided that we were going to do a recording uh, a Across long distance. country. Yeah. <laughs> um, but with us today, we have Tyler Cooper. Wait, Tyler and Cooper. Morgan Robinson. Uh, <laughs> Is that correct? Did I get that right? <laughs> Nailed it. There's so many. There's so many names. <laughs> All first names, pretty much, except for the rock. I, yes, I love it. It's I think so that makes you guys serial killers. Uh, <laughs> well, we are from Texas, Southern Texas, so, I mean, <laughs> close enough. All makes sense, right? It all makes sense. <laughs> awesome. Tyler and Cooper, why don't you guys uh, take a quick second and just tell us a little bit about yourselves uh, individually. Why don't you guys actually talk to each other, uh, talk to us about each other. So Tyler, if you wouldn't mind introducing your husband and Cooper, when he's finished, you can do the same thing. Well, Cooper is Cooper Morgan Robinson. He <laughs> just turned 27 years old a few days ago. He is originally from Katy, Texas, grew up in Dallas area. I forget the name of the town, oh, Dallas yeah. area. Oh, I was born in Grand Prairie. Born in Grand Prairie. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, he moved to Austin after college, and whenever he was 25, he got the blessing of meeting a wonderful man. <laughs> Cooper was a former collegiate swimmer. He swam at TCU. He was a Big 12 champion. He ended up um, getting to go to the Olympic trials, and now he is a swim coach in Lakeway, Texas. Amazing. Good intro. <laughs> oh, gosh. Now I have to top that. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Tyler Morgan Robinson. He is the ripe age of 24. Um, he grew up in Gonzales, Texas, where he was a major baseball player. It was his passion. He played for TLU, that's Texas Lutheran University. Um, 
he's just a wonderful guy. He's <laughs> very loyal, very compassionate, very loving. Um, I had the the honor and blessing of meeting him at the ripe old age of 25. <laughs> 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 you know, and it's been the biggest adventure and blessing since. And I'm very lucky to have him in my life. Oh. Well, gosh, first things first. You, I mean, that first of all, that was an amazing intro. Thank you guys so much. For <laughs> well that. done, well done. <laughs> Thank you. Um, beyond that, you guys are athletic gays. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Got us status quo. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. Um, that's so cool. And you guys are so. I mean, relatively, you guys are so young. I love the fact that you guys. What, we're together for two years and got married, right? That's amazing. Yes, yeah, sir. When you know, you know. <laughs> I'm very true. So true. That is so amazing. So let's, I mean, I guess let's just dive right into it. How did you guys meet each other? Um, so we actually, a guy that played tennis at the same university I played baseball with, his name is Ryan Bean. He was in a program or a, I don't know what you call it, a, a sports group called <laughs> Out Sports which is kind of a gay sports network where people can meet each other, interact. And he ended up connecting me with Cooper. And I was like, Ryan, there's no way that this guy, this freaking God is going to want to meet me. And (laughs) lo and behold, (laughs) he's stuck with me now. (laughs) I love it. Legally. Yeah, I was going to say there's whole paperwork. (laughs) He is literally stuck with me. I love it. And um, so, I mean, that's like absolutely fantastic. So let's talk a little bit then, because I want to get into more relationship stuff, but I want to talk a little bit about um, your like beginnings. Like, so you guys, when did you both, when did you guys come out and what was that experience like for both of you? Uh, For me personally, I came out or I was kind of forced out of the closet in my situation when I was 21 and I was in college. Um, You know, it was... For me, my coming out experience wasn't the best. Um, I learned later that I was supportive, but I was kind of forced to come out of it due to a certain situation with a certain someone at the time. Um, And a lot of people were asking questions, and they kind of figured it out through the gossip and everything. So it was kind of, I was kind of forced to come out with it, you know, a little bit, but... I don't know. It was good in the end because a lot of people turned out to be very supportive. My parents were supportive. Um, so it was good for me personally, I think. <laughs> in the end. Amazing. Yeah? Yeah. And and that was Cooper, right? Yes. <laughs> and so Tyler, what about you? Uh, mine was a little bit more of a rocky road. I ended up coming out for the first time whenever I was 19 just due to the good old classic parents going through the phone and oh lovely. oh yes and had a wonderful meeting with a pastor oh. out of that meeting with the pastor straight as a whistle and then about, <laughs> about a year and a half later came out for the second time and moved in with my aunt and then ended up coming back home and we just kind of threw it to the wayside i wasn't gay wasn't straight didn't consider myself come out of the closet. And then I actually met Cooper. I was in the kind of in quotes in the closet whenever I met Cooper. And with with having a relationship with Cooper, I decided to finally 
come out of the closet publicly and caused a big riff with my family and you know we don't really talk about it anymore I'm with my family up here in Austin now gotcha how it how I'm trying to think of the best way to ask this question but how like because the rift with your family has been a little bit intense, how is, how's your mental health behind all of that? Like, how are you doing after going through all of that? It was really rough at first. I mean, it's been rough since the first time it happened. But, you know, through Cooper's family, like Cooper's family has been the biggest support system you could have. I mean, I have literally a, you know, wonderful mother-in-law who I can go to anytime and talk to a great father-in-law I can go to anytime and talk to, you know, his brother and sister are both amazing as well. Like I don't just have Cooper, I have Cooper's family that I can <laughs> spill my guts to when I'm having a rough time because I do, I have two nephews, one niece that I miss dearly, but I don't get to be an extreme part of their lives anymore. So, I mean, it's mentally gassing sometimes, but I have a great support system around me. That's amazing. And so, I mean, you're going through this at this point, but if there was any advice, if there's anybody that's listening to the podcast that may be going through a similar situation, is there any guidance that you would give them in terms of how to kind of get, I won't even say get through this, but like kind of how to, you know, go day to day and try to figuring it out? Oh, yeah. Um, I had a tendency to, like when I got in these dark places, to put my head down and decide not to see anything. Like, all I could see was how bad things were for me. But as soon as I would look up and look around me, I realized that I had so many good things around me, no matter if it was Cooper, no matter if it was, you know, my good friend I could call on the phone that supported me. I mean, you always have a support system around you, no matter who it is. I mean, you have people around you that care for you and love you. And if, I mean, just yourself, even. Sometimes I just have to look at myself in the mirror and be like, you're amazing. You're great. You've got so much going for you. Be happy. I love that. It's great. It's great, guys. Advice. I love that. So, Cooper, you know, upon Instagram stalking you, <laughs> we um, stumbled upon an article that was pretty intense. And, you know, if you don't want to get, like, super in-depth with it, we completely understand. But there was an article apparently written about um, – your suicidal moments that you had and how you ended up getting yourself through that. Is there like, what would you like to say regarding that situation? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that article was throughout sports and that's how I got into the whole group. I wanted to share my story to hopefully help someone out there who was kind of going through something similar that I did in college. Um, so the story behind that was, as I was saying earlier, you know, I was kind of forced to come out of the closet when I wasn't ready and I was dealing with a lot of situations, a lot of kind of pressure from other people, a lot of, you know, a lot of moments where I was kind of questioning myself and what, how I wanted to go about it. And unfortunately, kind of got too much in the moment. I remember there was this one time where I was walking home from practice and it was literally something out of a Mean Girls movie. Like some these two girls who were like swim groupies was like, look, it's the gay swimmer, you know? And at the time mm. that really just shook me to the core because, you know, I didn't know who know. I didn't know what people were saying behind my back necessarily. And that scared me. And I was going through something um, 
with a lot of people at the time, I kind of figured out the dark side of the gay community and how mean people can be. Um, and so it all got to be too much and I was just kind of done at that point. And so I grabbed um, a prescription bottle that I had and I swallowed five pills in and I remember something kind of clicking and saying like, is this how you really want to go? Is this how you want to leave your story behind to the world? And I like to call it divine intervention. I like to say it was, you know, like God watching out for me. Um, and it was like something switched. And I just told myself I wasn't going to let this beat me. And maybe that's my athletic competitive nature. <laughs> me being stubborn. <laughs> and so th from that day on, I kind of, you know, I kind of just told myself like, yeah, this really sucks right now, but I'm going to, prove to myself that I can beat this, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes because it won't last forever. And I remember that time um, whenever I attempted suicide afterwards, my teammate found me on the ground and I was an emotional wreck. And I remember him saying, you know, like we got to tell the coaches, like my head coach in college. And of course I was thinking, Oh my goodness, like they're going to take away my scholarship. I'm going to get kicked off the team. And I didn't know any better because the head coach was from like a small town in West Texas, you know? So, mm. yeah. And so he literally had to grab me by the hand and walk me down to the coach's office. And so I remember telling, sitting in my coach's office and just bawling my eyes. And I'm just basically telling them what happened. My experiences with certain individuals in the gay community that led me to um, that dark time. And I remember my coaches saying, we love you. We do not care what you do. You know, it's, we're here to support you no matter what. And I remember that head coach came in and of course he's like, what's happening? <laughs> and he's like, hmm. Cooper, we don't care. Like, honestly, like you come and stay at my place until you get better, like mentally. And it was, a, it was a really good time because it kind of, um, it kind of was a relief, you know, because for years I kept thinking like how people would, view it and so it was kind of just a weight lifted off my shoulders and a lot of my teammates were very supportive there was a couple who weren't and that's okay I don't I don't really hold it against them but it is what it is but for the majority there was a lot who really were in my corner and very supportive who did get me through that dark time and I'm very thankful for them amazing yeah amazing. it's really incredible I mean it's a it's a testament to your strength. It's a testament to your faith. I mean, you know, a lot of our listeners can probably share um, uh, or relate to your story. I mean, um, you know, you, there's there's some things that, you know, the gay community does to the young gays to just sort of enact their own um, unresolved issues and unwelcoming and darkness and, and using people. And it can be such a difficult time. And then we experience shunning and shame from people we don't even know. Um, and, you know, you went through this and if, you know, there's probably at least for a time, there were people who had no idea that this happened, um, you know, before you started sharing this story. And, you know, if you hadn't told them, they would never know. And there's so many people out there who no one knows that this has happened to them too. And so I'm sure for them to hear this story now um, can be a relief. But I also just think it's really incredible that people that you were afraid to tell turned around and supported you and actually like took care yeah. of you. 
Um, it was a dark time, you know. I experienced a lot of mental abuse for from someone. There was also a sexual assault that happened, and so it was a lot that was kind of mm-hmm. kind of piled on. Um, and it got to be a little bit too much, but I'm in a place now where I'm okay talking about it. <laughs> for the longest time, I couldn't, yeah, because it would just bring up a lot of dark memories, and so I kind of shoved it away. But now I'm at a point now, and Tyler helped me through that. Um, <laughs> he kind of helped me come to terms about just being okay with what happened and being okay with being myself. You know? Cause I know that someone loves me out there. <laughs> so I'm, uh, yeah, that's yeah amazing. I'm, in a, I'm in a much better place with it all now. Sounds like it. And I really appreciate that you repost the article so that other people can see it again. Um, I think that's, I think that's very courageous and I think that's a great service well, to the thank community. Thank you so much. That's always been kind of my, my goal every year. And I, and some people have told me like, Oh, you do it for the intention. And that couldn't be further from the truth. My, my goal and my prayer for that article when I, when it first came out was to always inspire someone and maybe help someone who is, who was going through the same thing I was going through. And I keep thinking if I ever share it every single year, then maybe it'll help someone new, you know? Keep doing it. Yeah, and please. I literally would say, fuck those people who have anything <laughs> other than kindness to say about it. Because literally, like, your intentions are your intentions. And whatever somebody else is getting from it or in a negative manner or whatever, like, it has that has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them. Yeah, it's on them. Um, and yeah. you are amazing. And just remember that. So good job <laughs> for you. Thank you so I, much. I, I really appreciate that. Love it. Love it. Let's talk about the yeah. fun stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you guys got married in May, yes, right? Yes, May the 18th. <laughs> I love that. Um, and after two years, that's so lesbian. <laughs> we don't have the cats yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So who proposed to who, or was there uh, a specific proposal, or how how did you guys decide to get married? Cooper, you yeah, proposed, Yeah, so right? at first it was a mutual kind of thing. We're like, we really love each other, and this was like a year, little over a year into it, um, and we're like, let's just get married, you know, like, and so it was kind of like a mutual thing, and so like literally the day after that, I was like, no, I kind of want to make it a little more official, so I called... Um, my best friend I was like hey like this was in like August whenever we mutually um agreed but then I was like hey like in October let's get my groom's party together and then I'll propose to him on like where we had our first date and and it was yeah and so we got there and I did the proposal and totally blindsided him (laughs) and by blindsided me this is how it went we're all standing outside in the cold weather and we're waiting on his friend and her name's Kira. She is so amazing. But the first time I got to meet her, she was like 45 minutes late to what we were supposed to be doing. Uh-huh. Well, apparently this was all planned, but we're waiting outside and we're waiting for Kira in quotes, waiting for Kira. And I'm out there just bitching and complaining like, it's cold. Can we go inside? Can we please go inside? It's way too cold out here. And everybody's (laughs) like, we're staying out here. Just wait. I was like, no, I can get us a table. Let's just go inside and wait. And finally she got there. And then Cooper did. And I was like, wow, I feel like 
<laughs> but wait, let me ask you. You guys live in Austin, Texas. So how cold was it? Oh, really? Yeah, it was like yeah, fifty. Yeah, fifty something. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I was gonna say you didn't appear to be wearing like snow gear yeah, in the proposal. No I would be. I'd be wearing all the snow stuff. <laughs> That's so you guys funny. are ridiculous. That's so funny. <laughs> One of the other things that I was most impressed about with uh, your marriage and you know the wedding and all that good stuff was that you guys are very um, steadfast in your religion. Like you guys both claim to be like gay Christians. Mm-hmm. And it's your religion is very important to you. Tell us a little bit about that. I grew up Southern Methodist, which is a very fire and brimstone type of religion, I guess you would say. Oh, yeah. But, yep. you know, even through all of the, you know, turmoil I had with, you know, religious friends, religious family, I continued to keep faith because I... You know, I know who, how I was made. I know that the creator that made me didn't make a mistake whenever he made me. So I don't don't consider, you know, the religious or the religion wrong. I consider these, you know, overly religious fire brimstone people to be the wrong ones. And moving up here to Austin, I found this amazing church. It's actually a Methodist church downtown Austin, right by the Capitol, that, you know, the pastor, her name is Taylor, she, Taylor Faust or Faust? Taylor Faust, I'm pretty sure, but she advocates Mm -hmm. for, you know, the entire LGBTQ community, you know, minority rights, she, she advocates for other religions' rights, like, whenever the Capitol will have, like, a caucus or whatever you would call it at the Capitol for, you know, Muslim issues or something. She will literally set up the church for those people to come and do their, you know, their prayers or their worship in our church. That way they don't miss it on their day that they're at the Capitol. That's wow. an incredible community to be a part of. We walked in the pride parade together. I mean, it was just <laughs> awesome. I love that. That's so good. Um, I I was very fascinated by that. Um, I think that all too often what happens, and I will say I'm somewhat guilty of it, but, you know, I think when you get into the gay community, because we have been so, I don't know, berated for our homosexuality and and it's usually uh, revolving around the church and the beliefs of the Bible, et cetera, et cetera, I think all too often gay people uh, kind of go in the complete opposite direction of religion. Um, and so it was really fascinating and I was very, uh, moved by the fact that I think there's even a post on your, uh, page where you guys said like our marriage is recognized by God. Um, Mm -hmm. and I was just really touched by that because again, the fact that you guys are still staying within your religion and, you know, you care about that is just absolutely amazing. Thank you. We, we find comfort in it as well. I mean, it's, always been a prerogative of mine to be very faithful and not uber religious. I consider myself a very faithful person over religious. I feel like religion is one of the roots of many problems in our world today. And faith has never been one of those problems. If somebody has good faith, then they're usually a very peaceful and loving person. When somebody is overly religious is when they're really, you know, 
ridiculing and just let's just say mean. <laughs> well, yeah, yes. judging. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, no, That's absolutely. Crazy. There's a, you know, we did a we did a two part um, episode on religion, and I, you know, I, I wanted to do it because I am also a person of faith, and my faith, I think, defines mm-hmm. me first. Um, and I really just don't like the idea of anyone who wants access to their creator being mm-hmm. denied it, uh, especially by people who have whose authority is wholly imagined um, and they have no right to deny you access to that. Um, so it's always really special to me when I meet other people who didn't lose their faith in this process or who even found faith in this yeah. process. And if you come to First United Methodist Church, you'll find a whole gaggle of us gays on the front row. (laughs) I love gaggles of gays. Marco and I have said that we really need to visit Austin. So we'll come to your church. Yeah, Austin is one of our... Yeah, it's one of our upcoming uh, trips because we... I hear that all the gays are like migrating to Austin right now. Like there's this whole gay movement that is happening in Austin right now. At least according to Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, it's like crazy to me. So I'm like, I feel like we should go check it out because I feel like we're missing out on a yeah. little bit. Everybody's <laughs> so was, moving here to Austin like and everybody else, the gay community in Austin is moving to Boulder, apparently. Denver. Yeah. Yeah. Boulder, Boulder was pretty gay to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like hippies, pot, and homosexuals. So I love it. <laughs> the trifecta. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Um, Cooper, I've got to say that we're like almost 25 minutes into this podcast and I'm a little disappointed because I, I anticipated that you were uh, going to uh, be very potty mouthed as you had prepared oh, us for. And, uh, <laughs> I'm Tyler a reserved one. <laughs> Tyler will let you have it once this grapefruit cider gets down. <laughs> There you go. There you go. <laughs> so you guys have been married for a few months now. Tell us what is what are you recognizing as the biggest difference from being boyfriends and now being husbands? I mean, for me personally, this is Cooper. <laughs> um, for me personally, mm-hmm. I honestly don't feel a difference. It's I think the only thing that's different is the title. I mean, it's just like, it feels more like a more wiser and mature title, you know, but like the way we act and the way we are like around each other is no different. You know, we're still goofy. We're still ridiculous. I think that's what, like, I totally agree. This is Tyler. I agree because, I mean, we lived with each other before we were married. And, you know, I think that's what makes our relationship more successful is that you're not more successful, but it works for us is because we haven't really changed anything. We don't act like anything has changed. That's amazing. Tony and I, and I love hearing that. Maybe Tony and I just did it wrong, but um, <laughs> but we. it's funny because Tony and I had been together for seven years before we got married. And then we got married and for some strange reason, it just felt a teeny bit different. And I don't know if there was just this scariness, this like, like I don't like, I think the title bore a lot more weight than we anticipated um it just felt it just felt really weird for us but i think we're i think we're somewhat past that feeling um we've gotten into i mean it'll be three years uh, at the end of october that we 
thank you, thank you that we will um, have been together. So for us, it's like still trying to like figure out our move. I think we have a lot. Of, I think for us, we have a lot of um, next step uh circumstances coming up that is actually adding a teeny bit more stress yeah. <laughs> to our relationship um because you know of course we have to think about you know are we gonna have kids and where are we gonna live and you know tony's thinking about going back to school for his master's and what is that gonna look like and all of those things are like coming up so of course that causes our shoulders to uh raise up to our ears a little bit more because we get a little bit more stressed out behind thinking about that but for the most part i think the rhythm of being a married couple is figured out like we're good there um so what is your favorite part both of you guys both tyler and and cooper what are your favorite parts of about being married i honestly just like being able to tell people i mean this sounds so housewives of austin texas but i love just being able to be like, my husband this is my husband <laughs> and also we live in the north part of austin so i love you know i work at a little bar in north austin and when people are like they see my wedding ring and they're like oh you're married what does your wife do and i'm like well my husband and i love just the what the fuck looks on people <laughs> <laughs> there's the potty mouth there it goes um he's here <laughs> yeah there you go no it's kind of funny i it's one of the f- best parts so i i do sales and marketing and i always have to do trade shows and um whenever i go to do trade shows uh everyone because they always see my wedding bands i have two bands i have a, a an engagement ring and a wedding band and everyone's always like oh you have two rings on what you know what does your wife's rings look like and i love saying well, my husband just has one band, um, and that's all. And then they're always like, "Oh," which is so funny to me because I'm like, I mean, come on! Like, if you were actually paying attention, you would know that I clearly don't have a wife. But, um, but I just always think that that's funny. Oh yeah, there's um, one of two reactions. It's either like the "oh" and get very quiet, or it's the over apologizing, like the "oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I didn't know." I'm- yeah. Yeah, 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 and I think that that's great. It's Either way, they're both fun. It's oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy both. What about you, Tyler? What's your favorite part of being married? Um, I think for me, um, you know, it's just it's this is Cooper. Um, um, oh, Cooper! I'm sorry. See, no, I told you, you guys no, had, no, you no, had no, very no, similar no. voices. <laughs> no, no worries. I think for me personally, it's just um, I don't know if it's like a wedding topic or just like a relationship topic in general is just having a best friend you know and having someone to love and having someone to come home to at the end of the day and everything um rolls <laughs> eyes <laughs> i just think for me personally that's that's the best part about being married <laughs> i love it thank you i think that's so good so when i so you know we talked about the good parts of it what are some relationship and or marriage challenges that you guys have had to go through um and how did you guys manage to make that work um well this is cooper i'll (laughs) i'll tell i'll say something that annoys tyler that i do a lot so um i'll always mess with him when he sleeps (laughs) okay (laughs) well it's it's really funny because he like whenever he sleeps he like curls up in a little ball and i always think it's the cutest thing ever and so i always have to kind of like squeeze him and poke him (laughs) okay (laughs) and i'll clarify this one real quick (laughs) that's my interpretation on it (laughs) so in the marriage thing this didn't seem to happen beforehand 
But now that we're like working our regular schedules, not wedding planning, when he wakes up in the early morning when I'm on my days off, Cooper will get his coffee. (laughs) He'll come and sit in bed instead of like sitting in the kitchen or something. And he insists on like slurping his coffee and starts poking and squeezing and (laughs) touching Cause he's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) I would murder you. (laughs) Tony, uh, for the record, Tony, you are like, when you're awake, I have to be awake with you too. Like you don't leave me alone either. Like when I have to stay in the bed. No, you get mad when I leave. You get mad when I stay. It's not. See, here's my thing. Like when he's asleep and I'm awake, like I get out of the bed and I just like go about doing my thing when he's awake and I'm, asleep he's like touching me and (laughs) holding me and asking me to turn over so he can cuddle me in a different direction and things of that nature and i'm always like dude i'm dead asleep right now can you leave me alone (laughs) like (laughs) like i am asleep um but that's yeah he does that he's he's quite the the poker and the (laughs) messer with when uh i'm asleep as well that is so how do you guys so is that you guys' biggest problem as a married couple um we have the usual like oh bill time comes around the usual getting that lined out um i have two dogs and they are my children so that's always a you know little dance around the subject sometimes whenever we're talking about the kids (laughs) i love it Yes. And then particularly, so I don't have a vehicle right now, but figuring out who can use the vehicle, where we're taking me, figuring out schedule like that, that's also one of those that gets a little prickly sometimes. We we fight like any other couple, but we're quick to make up. Oh, yes. It'll be the silliest thing. Like, you know, like, I don't even know, like, stuff what he said about, like, just figuring out like scheduling or whatever. And we'll be like, you know, like I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Then like five minutes rolls around and I'm like poking him. (laughs) (laughs) Or the thing. Sounds like a normal relationship. We clean the heck out of our place whenever we're fighting. We won't talk to each other, but we'll clean the heck of our out of our apartment. <laughs> I'm a I see that's me too. I'm like an angry cleaner as well. I love to like scrub down the house when I'm mad. <laughs> so I we have a very clean house in case you were wondering. <laughs> I wish I could say ours is spotless. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's amazing. So, um, what I like, this is kind of premature, but like, what kind of plans do you guys talk about in terms of the future? Like, are there, like, what do you guys have planned for your future? Well, I think the thing me and Cooper talk most about is either get like planning on getting a home soon, or I, of course, love the children, like children talk, because I cannot wait to be a dad. And I, I think that's one of my most favorite conversations that we have is talking about when we're going to get kids, how we're going to do it. Names. He hates my baby names. So oh, give us an example of one of your baby names. Uh, Georgia has always been my favorite name for a girl and he hates it. I just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know, like, 
no, like, no offense to anyone who has that name. Like, that's totally fine. But, like, I don't know. Like, I just, he, he's He doesn't from, like overly country names. Yeah, he's from the country. And I just, I don't like the, the country names. Like, I don't know. I don't know. You, <laughs> he wanted to be, like, Georgia Beth. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't a lot of my Ronnie Lynn, like <laughs> my grandmother's name is Bethel. I mean, come on. I love it. Wow. That is funny. That could be problematic. That is <laughs> yeah. Tony and I did the um the when we thought that we would end up being able to have the opportunity to name our children, we went through like the name the name game, if you will. And uh there were a lot of names that quickly got tossed away <laughs> and then there were we we managed to like like a, a lot of them which was great yeah. um so we like have a whole like there's a list, list yeah mm-hmm. of names that if ever if ever that opportunity comes we would definitely yeah. look into it but i more more than likely for us we're going to end up fostering to adopt so realistically those kids oh. will already be named and we'll just have to deal with that so yeah for sure. There's always um, <laughs> Yeah, unless it's something that I'm like absolutely not a fan of, and then we'll probably go about changing the name. <laughs> we'll get, we'll yeah. end up when having... you're filing the adoption paperwork, you might as well file a legal name change. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you're gonna have to do it anyway to attach our last name to them. Correct. So well, you can change the first name. And sometimes parents be wilding out with the names that they give yes. their children. Especially so, the know. parents who lose their children. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that could become a problem so we don't know um but we'll see that's i mean that's i love i love that you guys are um still you know dan savage there's another podcast that i listen to and it's the savage love cast and dan savage always talks about like new relations energy and mm-hmm. relationship energy and um he always says um you know, it's sometimes hard to maintain new relationship energy, especially like later on in the relationship, you know, because there's just so much in terms of like the realities of life and how like that new relationship energy kind of goes away. But it sounds like you guys have found a way to keep that new relationship energy burning. And that's amazing. It's all the all the squeezing and touching before or after I'm asleep. <laughs> <laughs> You've said a lot because I'm always exhausted. <laughs> I totally get that. Um, I live my life. As a matter of fact, I just put on Instagram like, I'm, I, "How is it that I sleep as much as I do, but I'm still always so tired?" Like, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, yeah. But I guess that's what being an adult is, right? It is true. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag adulting. exactly um guys you've been absolutely incredible uh tell our listeners where they can find you guys on the social medias or any other projects or anything like that that you may have that you want us to know about yeah so um this is cooper um i only really use two social medias and that's um instagram and facebook i'm just cooper morgan robinson on Facebook and Instagram, it's I underscore am underscore Cooper Wilson. <laughs> Love it. And Great. I'm also just basically an Instagram, Facebook guy. I'm um, Staten T. Morgan Robinson on Facebook. And then Tyler.Morgan underscore Robinson on Instagram. 
I love it. One more question before we move, uh, before we get out of here is um, I love, I'm always fascinated by uh, queer couples that end up getting married and the last name decision. How did you guys decide on your last names? I think it was just the easiest thing. It's like, instead of us trying to like come up with like, which one would be the best? Why don't we just like, I don't know, combine them. <laughs> and we just decided, we were like Morgan Robinson or Robinson Morgan. And so we just decided to go alphabetically and do Morgan yeah. Robinson. It, it kind of sounds better than Robinson <laughs> Morgan. <laughs> That's so mature and logical. <laughs> <laughs> we're saving I love it. Well, I told him that we couldn't change our last names to Aguilera, so that was the only way. <laughs> That's the other thing I wanted to talk to you about. Cooper, you're a huge Christina fan, huh? I love her. She's one of my top threes. <laughs> I'm, that is the best thing ever. I love, you have a post where you essentially was talking about, you essentially talk about like Bionic being an underrated album. Oh my God. And I was like, I 100% agree with you. I still to this day listen to Bionic as if it was a brand new album. You know, it. you can ask any one of my teammates throughout college and high school and they'll be like, oh, it's he loves Christina. Like, you know, when Bionic and Lotus came out, I was just like, you know what? She's it. She's everything. And I still would like crank Bionic and he hates Christina Aguilera, but I do. I, I crank it anyways. And I just think she's amazing. <laughs> she's so good I don't love her stylist all the time I think sometimes she makes some really bad fashion choices <laughs> but, but I do love her talent and who she is I think she's an amazing artist and I still to this day like I bought her most recent album like I, I still listen to her <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love her. She's so amazing. You saw her in Vegas, right? Yeah, me and my best friend um went to go see her Vegas residency and that was the first time I ever saw her like since being a fan. And so it oh was it was a very like I don't know, it was kind of like a full circle moment for me when she like came out and I was like, "Oh my god, it's Christina." <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to age myself just a bit, but I saw Christina back when she came out with the Stripped album, um, and she was on tour with Justin Timberlake, and they had the Justified Stripped tour. (laughs) I I saw her in Vegas at the MGM Grand. And, um, and that was like my first time seeing her live and she was just insane. I mean, she was just so good. I am She's so, so jealous. I wish I could have seen that. I, uh. <laughs> Tyler, you should have, you should have gone with the last name Aguilera. That would have been cool. <laughs> you know what? Maybe that's what we'll name one of our children someday. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Georgia Aguilera. <laughs> Georgia Beth Aguilera. <laughs> That's a nice ring to it. I love that. You guys, you've been so incredible. Thank you so much for your time and for speaking with us um, and sharing so much of your stories. We really appreciate you. Thank you all so much for having us. This was fun. Thank you so much, guys. It was a ton of fun. And we're going to look you up when we get to Austin. Yes, please do. We'd love to meet up with y'all. I'll show y'all where the best margaritas are, and then we can go to church in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like the gospel when you're hungover. (laughs) (laughs) You listen better. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You're talking way too loud. (laughs) 
I love it. That is so good. Uh, Awesome. Well, we are going to take a short break, but we'll be back in just a bit. Hey, folks. It's your favorite hosts, Tony. And Marco. We need to ask a favor. Please stop what you're doing this very moment and head to your favorite podcast directory and rate and review relationship. We know, we know. It's a big ask, but... We need your help in getting the word out about the podcast, and your reviews are the best ways to make that happen. So if you have two minutes, please go and give us a five-star rating. Then, write a review and tell everyone about how much you love our voices. Or how we're your favorite hosts. Or that this really important conversation is helping you along the way. Just a few ideas, you know, in case you get writer's block. Anyways, we appreciate your help and thank you for the support. Your participation will only make relationships better. We're going to get back to the show now, but we love all of you. Thanks. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. I just had to threaten Tony's life. But anyways, thanks for tuning in and being a part of this really important conversation. You know who did it if I show up dead. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod Relationship. And don't forget to subscribe and rate us and tell the police what Marco did. They'll never be able to find the body. You can also email us at relationshipquestions at gmail.com if you have any situations or comments that you'd like us to address here on the show. I'll be haunting all of you. And don't forget to check out our IGTV channel, Relationship for behind-the-scenes post-show conversation about this week's episode. You can't be more white than you already are. Tony and I will harass your ears next week. Mm-hmm. And remember, other people's negativity ain't shit to me, Marco. Marco. <laughs>